We started a series called Breakthrough last weekend, and uh, we, we, will, we will kind of recap on that in a little bit. But I, I just want to I, I take you to the story that we're going to be using during this whole, this whole series. And it's found in Mark chapter 2. Jesus uh, encountered somebody that needed a breakthrough. And, uh, and I want you to see how, how this all transpired, how it took the place, and how that applies to us and how we can have a breakthrough in our life. Every one of us are going to, if we're not in a place where we need a breakthrough now, we're going to need a breakthrough at some point in our life, probably several times throughout our life, where we're going to face some kind of wall, something that we're facing in our life where we need to, we need to have a breakthrough. So Mark chapter 2, let's start there. In verse 1, it says, again, talking about Jesus, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Can I tell you that Jesus is in the house today? Jesus is here today. That's good to know. Where two of us, just two of us are gathered together, there he is. And by the way, even if I was alone, here he is. Amen? And so anyway, he's in the house, and it goes on in verse 2. It says, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Thank God for the word of God. And then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. And Jesus responded and he says, Why does this man speak, or excuse me, they were reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And then Jesus, he responded, he said, he said, uh, and when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? But, you, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, go to your house. Immediately arose and took the bed took up the bed and went out of out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying we never saw anything like this and I said this last week that God wants to do some amazing things in our life that when people look at our lives we got people can say we've never seen anything like this and I'm here to tell you that every one of us are uh, in a place where we can receive from Jesus Christ. There, it, he's no respecter of persons. He wants to do what he does for one. He wants to do for you. He wants to do for me. And so every one of us need to over, overcome something in our life. Now, last week we talked, about, we talked about the thing that we need to do is we need to get to Jesus first of all. And we, we talked about why we need to get to Jesus. We need to get to Jesus, number one, is because he's our way maker. Secondly, I said that not only is he our way maker, but he makes our way perfect. 
If you were with us last week, that, that was what we discussed. He makes our way perfect. Today, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you about overcoming paralysis. Overcoming paralysis. This guy was paralyzed, and I'm here to say that many of us are paralyzed in many areas of our life. We've settled in life instead of over, uh, achieving the things that God has for us to achieve. There's things in our life that has paralyzed us and kept us back. It may be fear. It may be past hurts. It may be, it may be sin. It may be a number of different things in our life. But there's, some, there's something that's paralyzing in this, our, us in our life that's keeping us from moving forward in receiving everything that God has for us. I mean, you understand that. And so I want to talk, to talk about overcoming paralysis in our life because God wants that to take place. Now, I believe that one of the things that, uh, that is revealed to us in this whole story is, is, is what, uh, what is, is showed to us by this guy that was experiencing some paralysis in his own life. And I, I believe that there's some things that we can see in his life that if we'll take note of it that it'll also impact us and that we ourselves will will get up and walk and we will accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish. Now here's the thing. How do you overcome paralysis? As I was thinking about this, I was thinking because there's too many of us there's too many of us that are stuck. We're high centered. I remember one time we went deer hunting and and uh and when while I was deer hunting there's a lot of rain taking place and was this uh, a tall four-wheel drive that had been jacked up and even with it being jacked up like it was we still got high centered because when you go down those roads and there's people traveling down those roads it can it just it just digs out trenches and and so we got high centered and I remember we could we couldn't get out we can't we couldn't move forward because we were high centered and I, I think about that many times when I think of being uh, people that uh, uh, that are, are are paralyzed that they're just high centered they're not moving forward and they just start maintaining in their lives. And I'm here to tell you that God doesn't want us just to be maintainers. He wants us to be ground gainers. He wants us gaining ground in our life, in our marriage, in our business, and in every area of our life. He wants us ground gaining. But too often we're, we're stuck where we're at and we're mo- not moving forward because we're paralyzed. Paralyzed by something in our life. So if we're going to overcome that paralysis in our life... There's some things that I believe that this guy did that we need to do. And number one, first of all, we need to abound in hope. We have to have an abounding hope in our life. Guys, if we don't have a hope for the future, we're stuck. We're not going to even try to move forward. We're not even going to attempt to move forward. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that this guy that had a that was paralyzed, he had some hope or else they wouldn't have moved forward. He had hope that something was going to change in his life. That something was going to take place. As a matter of fact, he had so much hope that he was willing to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. And we got to have that kind of hope. Let me take you to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now notice it says here, may the God of hope. God is a God of hope. And so if we are lacking hope, then we're probably lacking some God in our life. We need to start looking to God that will fill us with hope. Amen? 
Now notice here, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In believing. We have to have a belief that God has something better for us. And then it goes on to say that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How are we going to abound in hope? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the reasons why I did this series, just, just came off this series last month and in, 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 in talking about the Holy Spirit is because we need the power of the Holy Spirit to give us the hope for what God has for us. Right. We have to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Amen. And so notice here that he wants us to abound in hope. That word abound means to overflow in hope. Right. He wants us to have so much hope that it's overflowing in our lives. A lot of people have hope, but just a little bit of hope. Just some hope, but it's not abounding. In, they're not abounding in hope. And then, and then there's another word here. The, the word hope here is expectation. He wants us to abound in expectation. Are we expecting great things in our life? Yes, sir. Are we expecting more in our life? Yes, you know, if we're expecting more than what we're experiencing right now, then we ought to be mo- moving towards it. And too often we're just paralyzed. We're, we're standing still in relationships. We're standing still in, in potential. We all have potential, great potential in our life. We know that God has more for us, but we're not moving forward in it. And the reason is, is because we're paralyzed. We're stuck where we're at for whatever reason. I remember there was a, a girl that came into our church, loved our church. But for some reason, she just wouldn't get hooked up with our church. And so in one of our conversations, she says, you know, one of the reasons why I've never became a member here. And then she revealed to me and she says, it's because, uh, and here she was, I think, 21, 22, a young girl. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you're just getting started in life. And, and, And here she is already making these decisions. She says, I'll never become a member of another church because I've been hurt by a church. You know what she is? Paralyzed by past hurts. And many of us are paralyzed by a lot of different things and we're not moving forward. And I'm here to tell you that this young lady, unless she gets healing in her heart, she's going, she's going to be stuck in her life. She's not going to benefit from everything that God has for her. Uh, and that's because she's paralyzed in her life. Now, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. We can't fully function in our faith without abounding hope. If, uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for. I like the way one translation says. It says, uh, faith gives substance to the things that we hope for. So we've got to have hope in order for faith to work. So we've got to have that hope in our life. And we need to have abounding hope. And God wants us to have great hope in order for us to experience all that he has for us. Uh, there, was a, there, was a, uh, there was a test done with uh, rats. And some of you, if you've been here for a long time, you've heard me say this years ago. And there was a, an experiment that was performed on laboratory rats. And, and one, one of the things that they did is they wanted to measure the motivation of rats in, in various environments. And so they, they took these rats that were basically the same age, same, brought up the same way, fed the same thing. And they, they, they took two different uh, 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 experiments and they put a rat, one rat in total darkness in water. 
and to see how long that rat would go until that rat eventually died. Well, that rat only made it for a little bit more than three minutes. And then they put another rat in another in, in, in the same like same jar with water, and except they let a little ray of light come through and shine on that rat. And that rat continued on for 36 hours before it died. And the difference is, one had hope, one didn't. And I'm here to tell you, it's no different with humans. I see people, I've seen people give up so easily because they just do not see any hope. We have to have hope if we're going to break through the things that we're paralyzed in. We have to have hope for the future. Amen? Can you see that? And, and so it's, it's vitally important. And, uh, and I've been in all kinds of circumstances where, where situations seem hopeless and God moved on my behalf. And God wants to move on your behalf also. So how do we overcome paralysis? We need to abound in hope. The second thing I want to share with you uh, is this, is that we need to align ourselves in heart. We have to be aligned in heart. You know, I was thinking about Abraham. Abraham's a, 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 one, of those, uh, one of those stories that you need to go in the Bible and follow. The Bible says against hope, he believed in hope. And uh, the Bible says that he didn't consider. Here he was 100 years old. And God says, you're going to be a father of nations. And, uh, and he, he declared this to him. And, and could you imagine trying to have kids at 100 years old? Could you imagine? My mother, she's, uh, she just, uh, she's fixing to turn uh, 73 next, 74 next month. And, and if I came to my mother and said, Mother, you're, you know, God wants you to have a baby. And she'd just kind of look at me and think, you're, 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 you're crazy, son. You're crazy. You, you just don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that ain't my God that's talking. Matter of fact, I, I tell my mother all the time, I said, God's going to bring you a husband. Uh-uh. And, and, you know, so she's opposed to uh, even having uh, the, the tools to make babies. But anyway, uh, and so that's, that's my mother, 74 years old. And uh, could you imagine, Sarah was, Sarah, was, here she is, 90 years old, been barren all of her life. And God says, she's going to be the mother you're going to be the father, and you're going to be father and mother of many nations. And, and the Bible says, against hope, he believed in hope. And it tells us why. Because he considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb, nor did he consider himself being 100 years old. He didn't, he didn't consider, he didn't consider what, he, what was before him. Guess what he considered? He considered what God said. And that's what we need to do. And we have to align our hearts up with what God's saying. We have to align ourselves up with what God has declared over our life, not what we see with our eyes. Because if we focus on what we see with our eyes, our hearts become insensitive to what God is saying. Are you with me thus far? And and so I I was thinking about this story, and there's a story where uh, Jesus fed, uh, and this is real life, true history. Jesus fed 5,000 men, Plus, women and children, historians say there could have been anywhere from about twenty to 25,000 people. He fed them with five loaves and two fish. How many of you ever heard that story before? Miracle took place. After that miracle took place, his, his disciples were a part of that miracle. Awesome. God, uh, Jesus, he prayed over it. 
and he started handing it to his disciples and his disciples would, were, were feeding all those people, all those thousands and thousands of people. I don't care if it was a hundred people, five loaves and two fish is a miracle. But it was thousands and thousands of people that took place and 12 baskets were picked up after it was all said and done. That's, the, that's our God. And the, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He still wants to work in our lives. Don't get stuck where you're at. Don't think that, you can't, that God doesn't have better for you. Don't think that you can't do the things that it's in your heart to do that you feel like God's put in your heart to do. Don't get stuck, don't get paralyzed, and don't get high-centered in your life. Get moving forward. But in order to do that, you've got to align your hearts up with what God's saying. And so these disciples, they experienced that. And after all that, that miracle took place, he sent his disciples in the boat to the other side. And he says, he says, you go without me, I'll be there in a little bit. He went up in the mountain to pray. And, and as he was praying, he saw that the wind was really picking up. And they were rowing and they couldn't get, they couldn't get any traction. They were freaking out, I'm sure. Okay, they're out there trying to get to the other side. And, and they should have known. He already said with his word, go to the other side. And they should have applied their faith to what he said, but instead they didn't. And so here Jesus is. He, got, he says, well, I better go bail him out. He's walking on the water. He's just cruising on the water. Wind's still happening. He gets over there. And they, were, they freaked out. They thought it was a ghost. I want to pick up the story in verse... Uh, let me, let me pick it up in verse 51. Should I? This, verse 51. I'll, I'll just pick it up there. Uh, 49. And I don't think it's going to be on the screen. I got only verse 52 on the screen. It says, And when they saw him walking on the sea, sea they supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. See, fear will paralyze you. Then, then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Sometimes we just marvel at, at the things that God does in our life. And it ought to be, I think Rusty and I were talking about this a week or two ago, we, we shouldn't be surprised when it happens because he says he will do the things that he says he'll do in our lives. But sometimes we do. And so he, was, he marveled at it. And, and here's, here was Jesus' comment. I, I love this. It says, for they are, here's what, what was said about them. It's in verse 52, it says, For they had not understood about the loaves, the miracle that had just taken place, get this, because their heart was hardened. Their heart was hardened. It was hardened. Now, I looked up that word hardened. It means cold, insensitive, callous, unfeeling, unyielding. Now, let me, let me just let you know something. We can all have a hardened heart and not be in rebellion. See, his disciples weren't in rebellion. They were followers of Jesus. Yet he said, you, you guys struggled with this because your hearts were hardened. Your hearts weren't aligned with me like they needed to be aligned. And, and what happens is when we focus on, on other things versus on what God says, we become more sensitive to those other things than we are to what God says. See, you can be so focused on your problem, your paralysis, 
the thing that the thing that paralyzes you or paralyzed you you can be so focused on that that you become so sensitive to that that you become insensitive to what God has said some of you not hearing me you can become too sensitive to the to the issue at hand versus what God is saying to to you in your life and I, as I was thinking about this I was thinking that this happens many many times and and I was thinking about just last week, Easter, uh, we had, uh, by the way, thank you guys for inviting people and bringing people. We had, I don't know, uh, we had like 14 people in here that made decisions for Jesus last year, I mean, last week. Isn't that awesome? And, uh, and so we had, we had se- several in children's ministry, che- several in pre- uh, preschool ministry, had a bunch of people make decisions for Christ, but most of all, they, there's, uh, it's that relationship that they entered into with Jesus Christ that, that happened. And, uh, and so, you know, last, last week and uh, every week, one of the things that we do is we do, uh, we get the slides ready, we get the lighting ready, we do, you know, we, there's things that we do all over the, all over the campus in, in various areas. Well, there's responsibilities that I have. One of the things that I do is I, I deal with the lighting and I make sure that the lighting and the background match with the worship and so that it looks good and, and that type of thing. Well, last week, for some reason... I guess in the midst of doing everything else, I had thought I had done it. I thought it was done. And typically I do it early in the week. And so I'm up here worshiping. First song comes up and I notice that the lights in the background did not match. And I'm going, that Candace, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> I didn't think that at all. I didn't. So I, I got out of my chair and I went over there and she, and I, I, she, she just kind of looked at me and I looked over there and and I, I noticed that it was the weeks before lineup and not last week's lineup. And so I hadn't done the lighting. Well, Candace, because she's sharp and, you know, she is sharp. Uh, she, she, she gets kicked in there and she took and she, she matched some lighting up there. She remembered last week and I, she just made it flow. And it's like she just she she made it a success anyhow. And so thank you. Because that's what she does. But here, here, was, here, was, here, was the, here was the thing. During that Sunday morning before service, I just felt like I need to go check the lighting. It's just that, 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 nug in, uh, that, tug in my, nug, that tug in my heart that I was supposed to go check the lighting. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit trying to reveal to me, show me, you didn't get it done. I thought, and I just excused it. I just excused it. We had all kinds of things going on. It rained. We had to back up and punt and, and how we were going to handle Easter last week. There were just things going on. I became more sensitive to all the things that were needing to take place, the problems that needing to take place, than I, was, than I was to the Holy Spirit that was trying to reveal to me, hey, you got a, you got a problem, Houston. You need to take care of it. It wasn't a big problem, but how many of you know that, that the Holy Spirit is interested even in the little things in our life? Not just the big, but the little things in our life. Are you with me this morning? Amen. But too often, we're just so sensitive to our problems, our issues, our, our areas in our life that we become insensitive to God. And so what do we need to do? We need to make sure that we're keeping our hearts aligned to Him making sure that we're following him, that when a storm does arise, then we know the solution 
And that solution is always Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Uh, I was telling, if for some of you may know my son, and, and uh, he's one of the pastors on our team here. And, and uh, this past week on, uh, on m- a Tuesday morning, uh, somebody broke into his, in his, to his truck, or t- Monday night, Tuesday morning, sometime it happened, and uh, ripped out his dash and, and pulled his stereo out and, and, and uh, uh, just took a bunch of stuff out of his truck, GPS, all kinds of different stuff, and broke out a glass and left the door hanging open in the, towards the street, busy street, and it, just crazy. Anyway, uh, I was talking to Julie about it, and... Um, and we were just talking about it, telling her what was happening. And, and immediately, immediately, Julie gives me scripture. She says, you know what? God works all things out for good to those that love them and call according to his purpose. And I thought, you know what? Thank you. Thank you so much. Because too often, you know what? We get focused in on the problem rather than, you know what? Here's the solution. Here's what God has to say. And sometimes when we, get, when we encounter a problem, that's when we get paralyzed. We can't move forward. We're stuck. But when we focus in on God, it's like, you know what? No big deal. God's going to work this out. God's going to vindicate me. He's going he's to make sure that he perfects those things that concern me. He's going to make every crooked path straight. He's, he's made me to be the head and not the tail, but only not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. Everything I set my hands to is blessed. Amen? I'm blessing the field, I'm blessing the city, I'm blessing my baskets, I'm blessing my storehouse. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And so you, we, we just need to declare what God declared over our life. But in order to do that, we have to make sure that we're protecting our heart and keeping our heart aligned because otherwise it becomes hard. And what I mean by hard, it becomes insensitive to what God's saying, what God wants to do, and becomes sensitive to what our problem is. And that's when we miss out on God. One of the things that I, 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 I say, and, 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 and I just want to say this many times, I, I make decisions and I purpose to make decisions based on, on principle and not pressure. On God's principle and not pressure. And too often people are making, all the time making decisions on the pressure on their life versus the principle on their life. I want to make sure that if God says it, that's what I'm going to act on. And I I shared this with our pastoral team this morning in our small group that we have on Sunday mornings. And I said, you know, there's Daniel. Daniel made a stand on principle. And as a result, he was thrown into the lion's den. But you know that God vindicated him. Uh, you see, you see the three Hebrew brews boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I was trying to get their names and boys out at the same time, and uh, you know they stood on principle rather than pressure. They were being pressured to worship that golden image, but you know what? They they didn't give in to pressure. They stood on principle. They were thrown into the fiery furnace, but guess what? God vindicated them. God rescued them. He'll do the same for us. We stand on principle, not pressure in our life. I don't care what's going on in your life. If you'll stand on principle, God will make sure he'll work it out on your behalf. Amen? Joseph being a great illustration of that, when he uh, faced... Uh, a dilemma, a temptation. He ran from that temptation and he was falsely accused and thrown into the prison. Guess what? That was the very thing that, was, uh, that God used to take him to the palace. Amen. Amen? 
So we got to guard our heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23, I'm going to read this out of three translations really quick. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I like the way the God's Word translation puts it. It says, guard your heart more than anything else, because the source of your life flows from it. We have to make sure that we keep our heart aligned with God. John 14, 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. So first of all, we need to abound in hope, number one, in order to overcome the paralysis in our life. Number two, we have to keep our hearts aligned with God, keep it sensitive towards God, not aligned with our problem or our circumstance or our pressures in our life. We need to keep it aligned with God. Number three, the third thing we want to talk about is we need to abide in humility. I believe that this, you know, many times, let me just say this, many times when, when we're encountering problems in our life, issues in our life, we are, we are not humble enough to, to, to turn to our friends or turn to our small group or turn to people around us and say, hey, I need some help. And this, this guy that was paralyzed, he had some friends. He humbled himself and he says, I need, I need somebody to get me to Jesus. I need somebody that's going to help me to get my miracle." I need somebody that's going to that's gonna stand with me during this trial, during this problem, during this issue, so that I can overcome. Thank God. Thank God that we can humble ourselves and see God's greatest and God's best in our life. Let me give you some scripture, and then I'm going to close. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 8 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God's grace is God's ability, God's power to accomplish God's will for our life. That's what grace is. So God will give you the grace to overcome. He will give you the grace to receive what God has for him. But how do we receive it? Through humility. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. In other words, think soberly. Don't think like a drunkard. Think soberly. It goes on to say, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I believe who he devours are the prideful. Those that are unwilling to be submissive. So those that are unwilling to be humble. James chapter 4 verse uh, 6 and verse 10 it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, I, I've I've seen this work so many, many times where people will come and they'll bear their heart and say, hey, I'm going through some issues. I'm stuck. I'm paralyzed. I can't move forward. There's something's going on in my life. And, and, and you come together and you, you, you humble yourself and reveal yourself. Too many times we have this front that, hey, we've got it all together. But let me tell you something. We don't. We've we got to take the mask off and we've got to be humble and let God work in our lives. Now, let me read another scripture to you. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man 
avails sometimes a little bit. No, it avails much. And so when we humble ourselves to one another, then God does great things in our life. I'm here to tell you, if you're stuck, if you're stuck in your life, you can get unstuck today. There's a a number of ways that you can do that here in just a moment. We're going to have some people up here that want to pray with you. And they want to see you unstuck. All you have to do is humble yourself and say, Hey, I've got an issue. I've got a problem. We have small groups that take place throughout the week. Go to a small group. Receive, receive from your small group before we leave. You don't need to come up front. Find somebody maybe that, you've, that you trust in here. And before they leave, hey, can you pray with me? I need some help. Would you just pray with me? So there's a variety of different ways that you can do this. But by all means, just do it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.